Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Happy Monday. Today, we're going to be chatting about taking a vacation from your business as me, Hannah, is coming back from one. Preparations and systems to put in place while you're gone and the importance of taking time away from your business. But first, we're going to talk about our highs and lows of the week. Morgan, what were your business highs and lows? My business high this week is just an general sense of being, I felt really in flow and really on top of my shit this week. And it just felt so good. I'm a little overwhelmed right now recording this, which is my low because today was just a busy day with lots of meetings. Um, but all of them gave me a lot of energy. They were all really good meetings. So maybe it's not that low of a low, but yeah, this week just felt in alignment. I, uh, was on top of my game with Asana tasks. I was able to check a bunch of things off. I got to go work from coffee shops and co-working spaces with friends. Just an overall A plus week. I love that for you. I always think it's interesting how even the good has some element of hard of like, oh my gosh, loved these meetings, loved connecting with these people, loved working on these projects. And there's still a, oh my gosh, like that was hard. And that's okay. And that's okay. Entrepreneurship would be boring if it was all easy. Right. Yeah. Could could you imagine? Because I kind of associate easy with not engaged or kind of like mindless work, Mm -hmm. aka me doing chart notes. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, I'm like, I want to be fully engaged and present and really showing up for this person or showing up for this presentation. And so it, it takes a level of being on, which is exhausting. Yeah. It does. It totally does. But it's, it's still at the end of the week. It feels good. It feels like productive. And I don't know if I want to necessarily associate productive and good because I think you can be good and not be productive. Like when you need to take some rest, like yesterday, for instance, yesterday I had a little pep in my step in the morning. And so I went and cranked out a bunch of work and then took a five hour break in the middle of the day before going home and cranking out work again. And I, did that one because a friend invited me to go to a workout class in the middle of the day. And then I went on a walk with my sister-in-law and niece and those were just fun. And I was like, I can do this. So I'm going to do this. So that was part of it. But I also knew that today was going to be a really busy day with a lot of back-to-back meetings. And I was like, let me rest a little bit before I jump into a busy day. I love that you had the flexibility to do that. If you all don't follow Morgan on Instagram yet, she has a lot of great reels and videos about like what a day in her entrepreneurship life looks like, which I always love those things. I'm like, what are you up to today? So you should definitely check that out. And just having the flexibility to do that because you're an entrepreneur, because you work for yourself is incredible. 
It's great. Also, yeah, I should I should have added that to my high of the week is I did a day in the life as an entrepreneur this week. And I haven't done one of those since October of last year. So I want to get in the swing of doing those more because I, I really like them. And I, part of me, it's really hard for me. Part of me wants to like glorify it and be like, let me pick a day where I know I'm going to have like a really awesome day. But the one that I did earlier this week was just like a very normal day in the life of an entrepreneur. So it felt good, but anywho, good week. What about you? What were your highs and lows of the week? So one side note about just the idea of like kind of being performative or talking about a day that's really awesome, right? That feels normal for social media. Like there is a lot of days like that and it's really fun. And you want to show people like this could be your life or your version of this. And I doubt somebody wants to watch a video of me on hold with blue cross blue shield about some (laughs) bullshit for two hours. Like that's boring. (laughs) Nice little time lapse in there. Nice little time lapse. Yeah. Me, me sitting there like dancing to the um the hold music. Yeah, that would be the time lapse, just like jerking around. <sighs> oh, hey, yeah, so you know, we would people would relate to that. So oh, totally. I feel like there's so many funny TikToks of like that that phone sound that's like do 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 do. I can't even do it, but you know what I'm saying. And people are like dancing. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so my highs and lows. Well, what we're going to talk about today is the fact that I got back from vacation. And so I want to give that caveat of like, I, I feel like I can't complain because I just took a week off and I'm going to start with my low, which I'm wondering how often our lows are going to be that we're overwhelmed. (laughs) I feel like the last, we've said that a lot recently. We have, it's a very um, busy season for us. So, and I actually have a couple highs, so I'm going to share a couple highs. Okay. So my low, I am overwhelmed. I'm having physical sensations in my body because of it. And I definitely just popped a Zofran before this podcast recording to help. So shout out to Zofran, sponsor the podcast. If you want, (laughs) we're all anxious and nauseous, just kidding. But seriously, I, it, it, and this just happens sometimes. I don't know that this is always avoidable because it's kind of the flow of entrepreneurship. Like sometimes you are just slammed and deadlines are here. You're busting it out. It's not sustainable. I highly don't recommend, but it's just the truth of that's where I'm at this week. And I'm okay with it. It is exhausting and I do feel ill, but I know that next week will be better. And I will spend some time working this weekend, which is also kind of a low because I just need to catch up. So Oh, I'm sorry. You don't feel good. It freaking sucks. Thanks for powering through. I will also be working this weekend. If that makes you feel any better, I'm about to go on a little weekend trip, but then as soon as I get back, I have things in my Asana that I have to get done. Yep. Asana always holding us accountable. Always, always. Always. But yeah, I mean, it truly is just a part of entrepreneurship and I think it'd be unrealistic to not have seasons of overwhelm, especially as, especially if you have so many projects happening. Totally. I was just thinking in times of growth is when I feel the overwhelm, right? Like there's the concept of stretch and how do you stretch yourself with what you're doing and reach new limits. But at the same time, you have to find those limits. And it also reminds me of a rock climbing quote from a movie. That's like, if you are looking for the edge, you're going to find it. Mm. And it's kind of speaking to, um, 
people push themselves in rock climbing and do kind of scary things at times, even though it's a completely safe sport. But when people are doing things like free soloing, there's always a risk of like, how far are you willing to push yourself that you might risk falling off the wall without safety gear? And it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. And I hate to be cheesy of like comparing my two favorite things of rock climbing and entrepreneurship, but we sometimes have to find our limits or else we're playing small. One of my friend's life mottos is if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space, which I think there's, we're going to put a little caveat with that, but I remind myself of that in these periods of, I like the word you use, like stretch and growth and pushing ourselves to be better, do better, think bigger, all of the things that come with being an entrepreneur, not always don't want to you know, glamorize the hustle, but they, they do come with entrepreneurship or else you're just going to stay stagnant. And I absolutely love that quote. So shout out to my friend, Hannah, another Hannah in my life for, uh, constantly reminding me of that whenever I call her and tell her how uncomfortable I am of having to navigate tough things. Can you repeat it one more time? If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Ooh. Or is it that you're not taking up enough space? You're not living on the edge. And now you have a second. Oh, you have a second now. If you're not living life on the edge, you're taking up too much space, meaning you should be constantly pushing yourself to live life on the edge and take up more space. So it should be, you're not taking up enough space then. Cause if, if you need to take up more space, I always get confused with double negatives and I know there's not a double negative here, oh, but right. I'm going to Google it. There has to, has to be, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. I think my brain is also <laughs> confusing it because we always tell people to take up space. Like, please take up space. Please take up space in the business oh, yeah. area. And I'm imagining someone standing on an edge of a rock. And if they were not taking up enough space, they might be away from the edge, right? Like they're just in the middle of the rock versus mm. being on the edge. But if they're taking up space, they're clo- maybe closer to the edge. Open for interpretation listeners. I love the sentiment <laughs> though. Let's check with Hannah, the other Hannah and see the other Hannah. what, what her take is. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll get it. I'll, I'm going, that's what I'm traveling with this weekend. So we'll get a nice little uh, voice recording that will plug in right here. Hey, Weight Inclusive Innovators, it's Hannah Steffen, dietitian in Houston, Texas, and chair of the quote. Here's my take on if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. So I like to think of the space that is acknowledged in the quote as your comfort zone. So it's really a sentiment to living life boldly and to take risks as a way to almost paradoxically take up the space you're meant to take up. It's a choice on how you're utilizing your energy so you can take up space in the areas that matter and not waste your energy in taking up space in areas that aren't in alignment with your values. So if you're not living on the edge of your comfort zone, you're taking up too much space in an area that does not serve you in reaching your goals and dreams as an entrepreneur. And so with the overwhelm being a low for me, even though it's, it's good stuff. Uh, my high was, I felt like I had a lot of support from my business coach this week. Uh, Y'all will hear me talk about Ken. And when we start to have interviews, we're definitely bringing him on the pod. He is just incredible. So talented has been doing business for like 20 years at least. And I just feel really validated in him normalizing everything that I'm going through and, 
and just saying it's part of it without glamorizing the hustle, which I think is really important. And he was just telling me these quotes from like really successful people. I'll have to pull some maybe for another episode, but just around like, yeah, these are the things you have to do to stretch yourself and grow and like get stuff done. And it's not, it's not all woo woo self-care of like work for an hour, take off five. It's this, this is real. So I, I just like his approach around, um, radical acceptance that comes with what you have to do as a business owner. And yes, you can slow things down and yes, self-care it up. It could also extend the amount of time it takes you to where you want to go, which is also okay. Yeah. So I had a really good individual session with him and then he actually, so he does this membership that's for therapists and private practice, which is cool. I like to pop in there because he's just so smart. And I learned so much from a 10 minute conversation with him. We'll link it in the show notes. Cause it's really great. Um, we were talking about building courses and I've been talking so long about wanting to build an insurance course, because a lot of the time when I'm doing insurance consulting with people, some of the stuff I'm like, I could literally record this for you and you just watch it whenever that step is ready to happen. And so he kind of used me as an example in his get together this week. And so I'm like, oh, wow, now I have the eight modules of what I'm going to do for my course. So I'm like excited to work on that project. And yeah, I just love business coaching and I love mentorship and people, people are just so brilliant. I love their brains. That was my high for sure. Um, so good. I remember I, I'm not currently working with a business coach, but I remember when I did, I would come away from those sessions and just like my mind would be blown or there were all, I mean, I, a lot of the times that's what, what happened. I felt really validated and supported, or there would be times where I would be so challenged and I'd be pissed because then it would force me to like sit and think about kind of like when therapy, right? Like sometimes your therapist calls you out on your shit and you just have to like sit with it. And you're like, mm, dang it. That's true. Yes. Oh man. That happens with my therapist all the time. And after I, I re- imagine that meme where the little penguin is like making art, you know, and they're like angry making art. And I'm just thinking about like me sitting there with my Valentine's and being like that B Sarah, she, I can't believe she called me out on this and like trying to self-care and just, yep. I think that's important from our therapy, from when we do business coaching for people, when we receive mentorship or business coaching, it's, you should be getting direct feedback and you should be challenged because if someone's passively going with you on whatever's happening, that might indicate like, maybe they haven't walked the walk or like you're not really getting guidance. You're just like having a cheerleader, which is also great. But a lot of the time people need to be reassured. Like, is this okay? Is this normal? What do I go? Where do I go from here? And we have to be able to answer those questions directly. Yeah. I do have one more. Hi. Can I say it? Do it. So Morgan and I are super excited to announce that we have our first podcast sponsor. What, 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 what? In the upcoming episodes, you may hear some sponsor stuff come through as we continue to grow. We're hoping to have more sponsors. So if you are a company that wants to sponsor us, please email us at hello at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. We are so stoked. We are so stoked. And just a quick little note on sponsors. 
we will only work with people whose missions we wholeheartedly support and agree with. And this first sponsor that we have is a newer company that both Hannah and I have already seen the benefit of the work that they're doing and making mental health care more accessible. And it is just, we're, we're so stoked to have them. So be on the lookout for their sponsored episode. I'm glad you made that disclaimer because from both of us having values-driven businesses, we aren't going to be sellouts for money. Um, we've been doing this for free for a few months now, which is great and so fun. We love this project and we really want it to be sustainable. We've had such good feedback from folks of like how much they get out of these episodes, how they feel like they're our friends and how they're just grateful to have a space where business stuff is broken down for their industry. And so we have limited time in our lives. And so if we can monetize something and it, it provides good in the world, why not? Couldn't agree more. Before we dive into our episode, there's been a question that I've thought about literally every single day this week. And I've been anticipating today's recording because I've wanted to ask you this bonus check-in question so much. Are you ready for it? I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm I'm like feeling that gaggy feeling again. (laughs) It kind of ties into our, well, it could tie into our episode today. My question for you, Hannah, if you had to go on a reality TV show, which one would you go on? Oh, Ooh. Okay. So full disclaimer, I am not super up to date with all the reality shows going on currently. I have general awareness around like love Island and the bachelor and all of that. My brain goes to something and, and you can let me know if I don't have the name of the show, right. But like something like survivor or what is the show that they used to do where they made you eat weird things back to me eating weird things. Um, fear factor, fear factor. I would Mm. be dope on that show. So I think, okay, I'm going to throw in another one that I don't know that it counts. American Ninja Warrior, okay, Survivor, or Fear Factor. Yes. Okay, I love that. I could see, I could see you on any of those shows. Honestly, and- that would be so fun. The other one that I thought would be funny, just because I like being outside, would be the Naked and Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> of like, I could do that. It'd be weird to be naked and in the wilderness. Um, but I would like to be in the wilderness. That's fun. There you go. There you go. Can I ask it back? Yes. I'm, I was hoping you would. Okay. And I, so full disclaimer, I have seriously wanted to be on this show. Well, okay. I'm going to say two things. One fun fact about Morgan. I auditioned for the bachelor one year. (laughs) What? To be a contestant on The Bachelor, me and my friend Emily were just doing it for kind of shits and giggles. Uh, and they had a live audition in Houston and we're like, let's go. It was very interesting experience. I did not get a call back, which is a-okay with me. Um, their loss. <laughs> I was like, let's add some body diversity and intuitive eating talk to the show, please. Yes. One oh step my gosh. forward. Anyway, that's not the show that I, I would want to be on the show that, well, never say never, but anyway, the show that I really want to be on is the amazing race. Okay. Say more about that. Do you know what the amazing race is? I am so out of the loop. I feel like I've that's watched okay. it in the past, but Phil is in. 
Yes. So it's, I think they start with 11 teams of two people and you basically have, you have to travel around the world with that person. You can't have a cell phone or any sort of digital thing. You have to like use maps and communicating with people in the area and you have to do challenges along the way. And everyone has to do the same, generally the same challenges. And you're in a race to get to the finish line at like in each country. And then you go to a different place. Holy shit. That is so you. I know. So I, and so I had a friend in, I met her in college and we studied abroad together in summer of 2015 and then took an international trip together every year up until the pandemic. And then she got married and had a baby. Um, and so, and the pandemic, and so things have kind of fizzled out with that, but we did a lot of travel together and we were just talking about how good we would be on a show like that. And then I was like, if that opportunity ever presented itself. And this is, we can segue into the today's topic. If that opportunity ever presented itself, I would work for seven days straight to set up all the systems that I needed to, to have my business run without me to go on that show. Oh, wow. Yes. And also, if you have that opportunity with your friend who has a baby, just bring the baby too. It'll be like an added bonus contestant. Like strap her on the chest and go. <laughs> Oh my God. That is so incredible. I, now I'm going to look up that show and watch it when I'm uh, procrastinating doing work. So, so they started a new season. I thought they were done completely recording it, but they started a new season, I think probably January of 2020 and then had to pause because of the pandemic. And so here we are several months later, they just started back again. And so it's now back on TV. And I forgot how much I love that show because during, during quarantine, I went back and watched all the old, all the old seasons. And so getting to like, see that it's back now, I was like, I just want to do this. I feel like it'd be so fun. Okay. You should definitely research that and let's figure out how to get Morgan on the show. If anybody is out there has connections or wants to be my partner, I don't, I I don't know if my friend will, will, would do it anymore with the baby, but if anyone wants to be my partner on the amazing race, let me know. Hannah. Huh? Fair enough. I would love to. Can Bennett, <laughs> my dog, he would be so devastated if I left him for a long time. I know. Poor thing. <laughs> Poor thing. Anywho, let's dive in to today's episode. Let's do it. I just got back from Mexico on a climbing trip and it was dope. I want to know all the details about it, but I also want to talk about vacation related to business. Give us, give us the, the top three moments of the trip. Okay. I'm going to give you like a 30 second summary and then I'll, I'll name, I'll name some, some of my top three moments. So imagine this, I'm going to paint a picture. Imagine arriving to Mexico, just expecting someone to pick you up. You have no idea who you've never met anybody on this trip. You get your shuttle, you go to the casita and then you meet 26 of your new silly best friends who also love the hobby that you love. That sounds like a freaking dream. Honestly, it was incredible. A lot of it has to do with the organization. So the organization is she moves mountains. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, Lizzie, the founder is fucking incredible. We'll definitely interview her on the podcast. Um, they're an organization for climbers who, uh, don't fit the typical stereotype of men, um, only white men, only thin people. They're very inclusive and working to help all kinds of folks move into the space of rock climbing. Their programs are so cool. 
all of the guides are incredible and it, it, oh, it was just such a good experience. So I think because it was tailored in that way, like it wasn't just a general rock climbing trip. Of course, all the people drawn to that are going to be fucking awesome. So that definitely helps top three moments for sure. Hanging out with one of the guides, Maisa, she is a fucking delight. I felt so connected to her. She's such a strong climber. She's awesome. We'll link her Instagram. She is somebody to definitely watch in the world. She's incredible. Um, other two moments, if I could only pick two is <laughs> we sat outside one night after climbing, literally there was like 15 of us. And we, I just basically did a workshop for the Enneagram for everybody as sevens do. And it was such a fun experience of just people wanting to like learn more and learn about themselves and very self-aware people. So that was super fun. And then number three is the very cheap, best tacos of my life. Honestly, I got like four tacos for less than $2 and it was fucking bomb. It's one of my favorite parts of Mexico. Specifically, I've spent most time in Mexico city. It's incredible. Like the, the deliciousness of their food at what feels very affordable compared to what we usually pay for tacos in Texas and Colorado. Incredible. Wow. What a trip. Yeah. I love that. None of my highlights were actually about the climbing. (laughs) It was definitely about the people in the food as it is climbing is so fun and the climbing was great. So yeah, it was such a good trip. I'm glad I went. Oh, I am too. It looked absolutely amazing. I loved all of the picture updates that you were sending me. I love that. That sounds like such an incredible organization. She moves mountains. I am going to have to go look them up after we finish recording today, but also you were kind of working on your vacation. I was so as entrepreneurs, I'm just going to say a radical statement of we never shut off ever. I full, I wholeheartedly agree with that. We just can't, it wouldn't be healthy for us. It wouldn't feel good. And on vacation, we get to work in a way that's tinkering and fun. And I know for me, I had this random burst of energy when I was on the flight and I updated my employee manual, (laughs) which (laughs) sounds so boring, but I was like in my flow, moving through it quick, just like I've been putting it off for months and I, I did it. And I'm like, I like being on vacation. Yeah. So we like to tinker with things. It's kind of blank space with no meetings where if we feel inclined, we can work on things that otherwise haven't had a time spot on our schedule, or we can just play around, do some research, read some articles, like really fun stuff. We love to do as entrepreneurs. Cause we're fucking weird. So. Yeah. And I, I'm so I'm right there with you. I, it's so hard for me to shut off my brain and I always end up with a note section on my phone, a voice recording, a text to a friend, something related to the business. But since you just had this experience, walk me through what you had to do to like prep before you left. What did that look like for you? Yeah. I'm really glad you're asking this question because I'm sure a lot of our listeners struggle with taking time off or like feel like they can't feel like they're so overwhelmed. They can't even fathom letting the business be for a week because it could shut down or like whatever the fear-based thought would be. I've been there. And I'll tell you in my first two years of private practice, I don't even think I took two weeks off. 
and it burned me out. It totally burned me out. So leading up to this trip, I was like, God, this is such bad timing. Like we're literally starting the year. It's so fucking busy. Um, and I booked this trip last early summer. So, and I, I think my subconscious did that because it knew like, Hannah, you're always going to be busy. So just book it and give yourself time to know when the trip is so you can figure things out. So thank you past Hannah, giving her a pat on the back, pat on the back for sure. Yes. So I was overwhelmed. I was like, this is terrible timing. And I just leaned into it. Cause I was like, you know what, this is going to be a great trip. I think I need this. And this is the long game. I'm going to be in practice for a really long time. Going to be building out stuff for a really long time. And one week is manageable. So I am so grateful as a group practice owner to have an amazing leadership team to kind of head on taking over my tasks while I'm out. Um, So our leadership team really stepped in. Shout out to Martha and Meg, who are both incredible at my practice. And I love them so much and they know it. They really stepped up to the bat this week or last week when I was out. That was so good. And then my assistant is really awesome too. So she's monitoring inboxes and making sure all the things need that our admin, like clients reaching out, they get connected with clinicians, et cetera. And then our biller on top of stuff. So we have really good systems in place. And that's like my one piece of business advice. I always come back to reel me in if I go on a tangent, but having people to delegate to is not, not an option. And here I go with the double negatives, but like like you at points in your business have to have people you trust to delegate to you have to, or you will not survive. So that's my biggest thing is like, I have trusted team members to take things over and hold down the fort and they're so competent and amazing. That's such good advice. As you're saying that I am reflecting on my business because I feel like I'm in a different stage in that it is me, myself, and I in the business. I don't have a team of people. I haven't really outsourced many things yet. I do have an assistant designer that like, if I needed to point everything towards her, like I have no doubt that she would be more than capable of, of handling it. I've just never done that before or had to do that before. I usually just put up an out of office email and I'll say a lot of my work is not as time sensitive as being an eating disorder clinician. Like there are definitely things that need to get taken care of on a more timely basis. Whereas with the kind of work that I do, as long as I don't have any clients scheduled or meetings, like an out of office email usually suffices. Absolutely. I'm glad you clarified about that because there are times where it's not, there's no delegation to be had and you're just kind of closing up shop for the week, no meetings, um, making sure you're week after you have everything scheduled that you need to. So you don't have to be doing that in the week that you're off, but yeah, you kind of have to close up shop. And that's what I did with my business coaching stuff is I didn't see any business coaching clients that week. We just kind of canceled our session and said, see you in two weeks from there. And that's just what you have to do. I used to try to cram everybody in before I'd go on a trip which was very fear-based of like, well, we got to keep like revenue coming in. And I want this person to be supported, whether it's a client or a business coaching client or a supervisee, like I, I can't leave them for a week or whatever. And the truth of the matter is it's not sustainable to try to like 
book everybody in the week before burn yourself out. Cause then you're just going to be recovering from that on your vacation. Can't do it. I absolutely love that you named that. That's definitely my fear-based thought when I think about taking vacation is I'm not making money if I'm not working. And I think it's also something that I've talked to clinicians about a lot. I don't have that kind of same experience because I ne- I've never worked in private practice seeing clients that way. What do you feel like was most helpful in like overcoming the thought of like, I need to take care of my clients and cram as many people in as possible. Like, how did you get away from that mindset shift? Yeah. Good question. I honestly, it goes back to my core belief in business is you have to go through some shit before you figure it out. So I think, you know, I'm in my fourth year of doing eating disorder counseling work. And I kind of know my clients who can, who are going to be okay for two weeks. It's not ideal, but we'll make, we'll manage and almost treating it like an exposure of like, what is it like for us to go two weeks without seeing each other? And I only know like safety, stability, making other plans for them, being able to do that through having the experience of being an eating disorder dietitian for several years now. I also think it's exposure therapy for me of, okay, I need to see what it's like for me to not bring in revenue for the week and know that like, I might cut back my salary a little bit. And how do I account for being healthy with what I get paid on the other weeks of the year that account for when I take time off? I have the same conversation with clinicians who are in their solo practices or clinicians who work for me. It's like, you know, count in that time that you would take off if it's not paid time. And just think about the whole year in terms of salary, because it can't be the full exchange of like, you work and you get paid. So then you never take off work because you're not getting paid. It has to be thought of as like accumulation over the whole year or quarter, however you want to break it down. Thanks for shining a light on that. Because I think that's one of the things that I don't think is talked about as much. And it's why, what prompted kind of this conversation too, of like how important it is to take a vacation from your business. Absolutely. As someone who struggles to take time off, you get to a point where you can't afford to not take time off because of your mental health. And it's not even worth the money. Like I've been at points where I'm like, I don't even care if I get paid this week. Like I will figure out something in the future because I just can't do this for this long without a break. You don't want to get there. Don't, don't do what I did. No, that's never a fun place to get to. So what else over the last few years have you learned about taking a vacation from your business? what I have most recently been reflecting on is the mindless habits that I don't love that I do in regards to my business, which is it inhibits me from actually shutting off in the way that I need to. So I am one of those people who repetitively open my email, refresh, refresh. I don't know why my ADHD brain is like, we loves it. It's yeah. It's searching for dopamine and it's just, we'll always talk about how email is the like death of productivity. It can take up so much of your time. And then you're like, shit, I didn't do anything. So I felt myself like having the urge and like the anxiety to like check my email, make sure everything's okay. And like check social media, things like that. And it has to be a very conscious breaking of that habit and leaving my phone in our casita when we're out at the crag climbing. And it it feels like exposure therapy. It feels hard. 
That's so interesting with like the chase of dopamine, because you would think that going and climbing mountains would be enough of that dopamine chase. Like I'm imagining a vacation where you're just going and sitting on the beach, which is just much more of like a relaxing vacation as opposed to like a active vacation. Like I, it feels to me that because you're going out and rock climbing, like that would be enough, but you're right. There's definitely daily habits that we do that are really hard to break regardless of what type of vacation or weekend getaway or time off that like it's it's hard it's hard to break those habits absolutely and when i'm out in nature doing my thing total dopamine it's so interesting how it's different in our bodies though cuz i know it's like the instant hit of dopamine when you're scrolling on technology in particular it's just so it's so quick and easy to get versus like, okay, it's going to take us a minute to walk to the crag and then get set up and actually have your turn on the wall. And it's a different kind of dopamine. Mm. That dopamine is definitely more um, sustainable and healthful for me versus the scroll, scroll, scroll. So, so, I mean, that's a good, that's just like leaving your phone though at the casita and not being able to engage in that. I feel like I I've, I've done that a handful of times where I've like left my phone behind. It's very rare cuz I also love taking pictures and videos, but I've noticed that when I do, it's like on the way back to the casita, my room, wherever I'm staying, I like get anxious cuz I'm like what's going to what's waiting for me on my phone? It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to sit in that and then, you know, it's never been it's never been so bad that I've like tried to challenge it or reflect it or reflect on it, but it's there. It's very present. And I mean, it's one of the reasons I got rid of email on my phone. You are in the contemplation phase of change with that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I was for a while. And then, I mean, still with social media and whatnot, but I did. Yeah. Getting rid of email off my phone has been one of the most helpful things for, for my brain. And it makes it easier. You know, I still check social media frequently and that's the repetitive habit that I have, but it makes it easier going on vacation, not checking email. Absolutely. Speaking of other kinds of trips, I know you're a huge fan of weekend trips and definitely love your share of travel. So will you share with us your experience of shutting things down, systems and prep that you do all that good stuff. I absolutely will. Whenever I was working my corporate job, it was uh, way harder for me to take time off of work. I don't know why that is. Now I have zero shame in uh, taking time off for my business. I am going to put an asterisk on that though, because I, I haven't actually taken off like a full week. I love weekend trips or like extended weekend trips. That's usually been my jam. I think there's a few reasons for that. I like just doing like sprints of different cities because it's, it really excites me to be able to like, see how much I can fit in like three days in a new place. And I think that that's three to four days is usually a pretty good amount of time for me to be able to see what I want to see. And so I really like that. I think part of it too, though, is that kind of that fear-based thought of like, I'm nervous to take too much time off. So taking like a Friday at the end of the week and a Monday at the next week doesn't feel so scary because I still have four days during that work week that I know I can shift things around enough. And so it feels easier just to take two days plus the weekend off. 
So there's definitely thoughts around that. This year have been doing weekend trips. I've flown to LA. I did a weekend in LA to go visit my friend, Sasha. I did a weekend in Fredericksburg, which is like a four hour drive from Houston. And then I'm headed out to my family's property about an hour and a half away today. And so combination, I really love flying though, if I'm going to be completely honest, because I get my best work done at the airport and on the airplane. I make sure I have all the Google docs that I need turned to available offline No one can text me. No one can call me. I don't have internet for email. So it is literally like me, my headphones and my Google docs and getting to crank shit out on the airplane. And even in the airport, if I get there early, I'm definitely a person that gets to the airport early, earlier than I need to, because I love sitting at the gate and working. I don't know if you're like that too. I relate to a lot of that. I relate to the loving being shut off from the world and just being able to focus. If that feels accessible to me in that moment, this is where we differ as sevens. So we won't, we'll, we'll do a whole episode on the Enneagram sometime soon, but so Morgan and I are both sevens, but we have different wings. So I've unfortunately <laughs> have a six wing, which means I'm super anxious and like cynical and just torture myself with those thoughts. And so I love to get to destinations. I fucking hate being on the airplane. It literally, I know I am afraid. How does it stay in the air? How does the airplane (laughs) stay in the air? Okay. Literally every time. Sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your fears. No, it is funny. It's going to get even funnier. Just listen to what I do. So I get on the airplane and I always look for babies on the plane. I'm like, okay, there has to be babies on this plane because a plane is not going to go down that has babies on it. It's totally ridiculous. (laughs) And like whatever gets me through and, um, doesn't make me have a panic attack on the plane. I know it's ridiculous. Um, so I, I do never that. knew that about you. What? Yeah. I feel like it's escalated every time I take an extended time from being on an airplane, AKA the pandemic, it gets worse That's when right. I get into the routine of being on an airplane, it decreases, right? Exposure therapy, mm-hmm. but it has been horrendous lately. Like I just have, sorry, if this is triggering for anybody, please like skip over this part. If you also are anxious about flights, but I'm always like having to reassure myself. I'm like, okay, if the plane is going to crash, it's going to be in the, the landing or the takeoff. So once I get past those points and then the captain is like, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I'm like, okay, we're good. And then I also rationalize with myself, like, okay, you're more likely to get in a car accident than a plane accident. Probability comes in there a bit of like how frequently we do things, blah, blah, blah. I had to do this whole cycle of calming myself. And then sometimes I just fucking take a Dramamine or I don't even know the drug name of just like to knock myself out. Cause I just can't, I just can't. Wow. Man, I never would have guessed that about you ever in a million years. I know it's Damn. my, my secret six thoughts. <laughs> We'll say whenever, so I fly primarily fly Southwest and you don't have assigned seats, which I feel like even if I flew an airline that had assigned seats, I would still, this would still be my thought pattern. I choose a seat near the wing of the plane because there's the least amount of turbulence. I also get motion sick pretty bad. Like I've been on flights where there's been enough turbulence that I have gotten sick from it, which is freaking sucks. I hate getting motion sick, but 
I like being by the wing because there's like the least amount of turbulence. And for some reason, like that piece alone, maybe it's because we're so close to emergency exits on the wing and there's like an escape. Maybe it's a subconscious thought because I never actually like think about that, but that could be it. It just, it makes me, that's like the one little check mark. And I'm like, I'm good to go. Sevens always trying to escape. (laughs) Literally always. (laughs) Anyway, that was our caveat about airplanes. I do like working on them when I'm not feeling nauseous and Mm -hmm. when I'm feeling safe, I totally resonate with what you're saying there. Yeah. Like I said, have zero shame in taking time off for the business with the caveat that it's usually just weekend trips. I am going to be taking some time off in the upcoming future for the eating expedition trip, which is not really time off because it's just working for my other business, but I am going to need to figure out how to put out of office emails up or delegate tasks to my design assistant uh, during that time. But that's in a few months. That sounds like a problem for the summer and not for right now. That problem is a future Morgan problem. So leave it to her. She'll figure it out. Okay. Total side note, not related to travel. This should have also been my low of the week of the month for the last month. I've been waking up between three and four 30 in the morning with like racing, anxious thoughts about business stuff. It's been terrible. I've talked to my therapist about it, working through it. But what I've been telling myself in order to like fall back asleep, and I'm usually able to like talk myself down and fall back asleep within like five to 10 minutes. So it's really not like that disruptive, but I've been telling myself like, this is a a. 9am Morgan problem, not a a. 3am Morgan problem. (laughs) And then usually by the time 9am rolls around, I'm not anxious about it anymore. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what it is. Uh, I've been there. Can I just tell you my six wing thoughts about the 3am hour? Yes. Tell me. (laughs) Okay. Anytime I wake up between like three and four. So if it's, I look at the clock and it's like three and three 30, it actually freaks me the fuck out because I feel like every scary movie I've seen, there's always some grudge or exorcism shit going down between three and four. So another one of my weird quirky six thoughts is I freak the fuck out. Or like, sometimes I won't even look at what time it is. I don't want to know if it's in the witching hour. It feels like the witching hour. I usually put on Gilmore Girls or Shit's Creek or New Girl to fall back asleep because I just like, I need something to distract my brain. I love that. I love that combating the witching hour with humor. Humor yeah. shows. Humor through shows. Anyway, besides the point, not related to vacation and travel. <laughs> um, so I, yeah. what is the importance of taking time away? Like, why should people take time off? I can speak for myself. And I think this is probably pretty true across the board is... I have to have time away in order for creativity. And in the day-to-day, I feel like that's through the sense or through the action of going for walks and just being able to like be away from technology and needs of other people. There's that plus the added level of an added benefit of being in a new place that just something about pushing you outside of your comfort zone, having to find new places to eat, having to find excursions to do. I usually end up going to cities that are pretty like walkable or easy to get around uh, where you don't have to have a car and just getting to do, getting to have time away and see how other people are living their life forces me to think outside the box. And I'm so thankful for it. 
gosh, that is such a good point. It's like being out in the world and seeing like being exposed to different things. If you're just working in your business, it's just you and who you interact with in your business on repeat versus being more worldly and experiencing other people and other industries and other thoughts that maybe relate back to your business in an ass backwards way someday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even just like to put an example on this, I had the idea for the eating expedition very much in passing when I did a study of nutrition focused study abroad in college. And then the idea started to creep back in whenever I was living in Italy for a little bit. And there was one morning, my aunt was visiting me. We were at a hotel in Florence and we sat down for breakfast and a couple sat next to us and we heard that they spoke English. And so we were just asking them like, what's your name? Where are you from? You know, typical travel conversations. They were from Austin, Texas, right down the road. Their son had went to the same college that I did had a really successful business that I did a case study on in my master's program. And then I was telling Cheryl, the lady, my idea for the eating expedition. And she said, oh my gosh, I do something really similar, not food focused, but I take women in their fifties and sixties who don't really have anyone to travel with to trips in Paris. Here's my phone number. Call me when you get back to Texas and we'll go out and grab lunch. And I ended up going and getting lunch with her when I got home. Call me when you turn 50 to 60 and come on the trip (laughs) literally. And so just like it was a universe moment for sure. And I will totally honor that and respect that, but there's, it's just that validation of getting to have conversations with people outside of your usual group of people that you can share ideas with and meet really cool people who might be able to support you along the way. That is so incredible. How like niche and universe aligned and just like, what are the chances? I always think that what are the chances that this person was from your city has connections and does something similar to what you want to do. And like building that support network, is just awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Anything you would add about the importance of taking time away? I just had one last question for you, which is what are your goals with taking time off? You're putting me on the spot here. Being able to take time off and taking time off allows me to zoom out in a lot of aspects of my life, for sure in the business, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, our brains never turn off. So I think it allows me to zoom out. I feel just very refreshed whenever I take time off, but it's like, I feel refreshed when I take time off and travel. It's very different than if I just take time off and stay in Houston and just like lay on my couch or just not work. So specifically with being able to go somewhere new, the exploration, the excitement of being in a new place, I feel like just fills my bucket back up. That helps propel me to work more, work harder, dream bigger, and expand all the possibilities of things that I want to accomplish. Kind of like a fluffy answer, but that's it. I mean, if the answer slaps, that's great. (laughs) How much time would you like to take off in a year? Ideally, what would be like your best situation? It's a really good question. If I'm working the same kind of way that I'm working right now, I think four to six weeks would feel really good. 
my dream is to be able to be a digital nomad though, and be able to live in a different place outside of Houston for more than six months out of the year. That's not vacation though. That's like up and moving to a different city for a month, which is kind of vacation, but it's not because I'm still working. So because I, I'm not at that space yet to be able to do that, I would say four to six weeks feels pretty ideal. The fear-based thought of I'm not making money if I'm not working is for sure holding me back from accomplishing that. 100%. What about you? So my goals for taking time off is to find work-life balance because I am such a grinder. Like I just am. I... I don't want to put that on anybody or make it seem like you have to do that to have success. I just fucking love business and work and connecting with people. And like, it it gives me life most of the time, even though I have tendencies to burn myself out and run myself into the ground, that's where taking time off will help. So that's my goal is just to have more work-life balance and not just have work as a whole identity, which could be another podcast episode. My ideal amount of time off would be one week per quarter. And that's what I'm shooting for this year. I like that you broke that down into quarterly goals. That feels way more attainable than being like four to six weeks sometime in the middle of the year. Having a dedicated one week per quarter sounds super manageable. Absolutely. And it it feels like a good rule of thumb for anyone. Like doing an eight-week sprint. Wait, it might be like an 11-week sprint and then taking a week off, 11-week sprint, week off. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say just to kind of factor in, cause you have me thinking about this way more now, I feel like four one week sprints or sorry, four one week vacations each quarter. And then probably added on, like, I loved taking more time off during the holidays in December this year. And so like those specific four one week vacations plus two weeks of holiday time off sounds like the sweet spot. That is the sweet spot. Last question for you. What is it like post a vacation, you get back on Sunday, maybe the work week awaits you. How do you ease back into work after time off? Can somebody else tell me the answer? (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm in it this week. Just kidding. Kind of not really. I actually intentionally, well, and part of the trip was it ended on Saturday. So I got back Saturday Ooh, that's nice. Nothing Saturday night. I had plans and I canceled them because I was like, I can't, I cannot. So boundaries and knowing like it is so helpful to have a day to regroup more time would be great, but realistically a day. So Sunday, I just spent groceries, getting my shit together, making a list for the week, trying to calm down (laughs) and you just got to get into it and know that the to-do list is never going to end. And you can only manage and get done what you need to get done. And how are you going to prioritize that and stay focused? Yeah, that's a really good answer. I would say my mine is pretty similar too. I try my best to unpack as soon as I get home. I It doesn't come natural to me. I suck at it. But I know that if I like unpack and throw in a load of laundry, then I will. Because I usually, I usually fly back in the evening and then like, I usually fly back Sunday evening, if we're going to be honest, and then like jump in, I know, and then jump into work on Monday. It is what it is. It's 
this, that's just how I've traveled a lot recently. So that's the pattern that I'm used to, but yeah, throw in a load of laundry, at least have that going. I'll usually get takeout delivered or go pick something up because I will have no desire to cook and getting to preserve, preserve. I don't know what the right word is. That energy of like having, I'm going to say having someone else do my tasks for me, but that's not what I mean by that, but kind of right. Of being able to go out and pick up food and then just like chill before jumping in. And then I usually try to start the next morning off, like as hard as it might be to get out of bed and get going, do have a plan, like have something scheduled, whether it's like a workout class, meeting up for coffee with friend, with a friend, like have something on the schedule that forces me to get out of bed in the morning and like get going. Cause once I'm up, I'm good. It's just getting up and moving after a vacation feels a lot harder. Absolutely. Overwhelm can definitely make you feel paralyzed mm-hmm. and keep you uh, in bed longer, which I totally relate to this week. I literally slept in every day. I was like, I can't, I love getting up in the morning usually and starting my day early, but this week I was like, Nope, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I also, I know we've talked about email quite a bit being the the death of productivity. When I'm getting back from a vacation, that is for sure not the first thing that I'm doing when I get to my laptop. I want to make sure that there's nothing pressing in terms of tasks that need to get done for my business that do not involve other people. Get those checked off and then I'll open up my email. And sometimes that's a hard boundary to hold, but I just know that if I get stuff done for me, myself, and my business that don't, that isn't related to like client work, I will be able to then go through emails, respond to people with a much clearer mind. Which is interesting. Cause I'm actually on the flip side and I start mm. with emails because I need to put fires out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's just like, that's just our different business models as well. Right. Of, of needing to do that. You have way more people relying on you than I do. So <laughs> That definitely plays a part of it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. We'll see you next week. Bye.